Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Okay, deadline day is finally upon us, and uh, it still has an ability to surprise us. Uh, only yesterday, Monday, João Cancelo, PFA Team of the Year regular, City ever present in back-to-back Premier League title-winning seasons, joined Bayern Munich on loan for the rest of the campaign. So what has changed? Will Manchester City have any regrets? And does this latest show of ruthlessness prove that Guardiola hasn't given up on the title? I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care the Premier League and the Carabao Cup. We cannot win, so we won a lot, so it's, it's not a problem. The problem is we behave and perform like we have done. What a ball that is by Cancelo! FC Bayern fans. I'm João Cancelo. How many Premier League did you win? Six. Six. Do you have the same squad, the first uh, Premier League six one? You have to shake, you have to move. With the same guys, it's almost impossible. If you're saying you understand it, but you should have kept him regardless, you don't understand it. Because they wanted him to go for the good of the whole dressing room. Uh, so with us for this one, uh, Paul Ballas, who uh, helped break the story uh, on Cancelo going to Bayern and has written extensively about Pep and Manchester City for The Athletic and our Manchester City correspondent, uh, Sam Lee, who uh, the bosses book you um, if they think the wheels are coming off. Is that is that the only time you are, you appear with me? Is that how it yeah, happens? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's for this podcast, for radio stations, TV shows. <laughs> If City are doing well, you won't see me. But if, if, if there's any signs of trouble, then then I'll be there trying to explain what's going on. Um, is it a sign of trouble? Just, I mean, well, I'll come back to the transfer in just a second with Paul. But just an overview, do you, do you see it as a sign of trouble? I suppose the, the, the sign, of, we're, we're lucky in the media because I think a lot of what we say is always viewed with a bit of suspicion. Or at least, you know, why do we trust these guys? Do we trust these guys? But when the manager comes out and says something, and just clears up the situation for everyone. It's just so helpful. So when Guardiola came out after the Spurs game and he just told everybody... You're not happy with your players? Oh, of course I'm not. I don't recognise my team. My team always had passion, have desire and everyone, and run and everything. And, and obviously you've told all this to them as well in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you what I said. <laughs> Come on, tell us. What we can... No, absolutely not. Okay. No. Okay, all right. You know, everybody knows that. There's no dispute in it. And this is just, um, it's not a symptom of that. It's its kind of one of the, the causes of it, really. So is it a sign of trouble? The biggest sign was obviously what Guardiola was saying and the fact that he came and said that publicly. And part of that, one strand of that, is Cancelo. Yeah, and so we'll delve into that over the course of this podcast. There's loads that you can read on The Athletic as well. I'll tell you how to subscribe uh, a little bit later on. Take us through the deal, Paul, and because... 
you exclusively broke it on the Athletic with with David Ornstein. So go through how it happened. Yeah, uh, basically, if we want to talk about the deal, about the operation, we don't need to go really far because we have to go to last weekend, which which is where like everything unfolded. We were being told that after Friday's game that City played against Arsenal on the FA Cup, there was like a breakthrough on the relationship between Pep and Joao and the dressing room and the attitudes and the body language that um, Pep was seeing there. Um, and City basically, well, they hold the conversation and they decided just to take an executive decision there and just to um, look for the best solution. On the weekend, Chiki started working, and on Sunday, it was all done and dusted with Bayern Munich, basically. Um, so uh, on Friday, there was like the last episode that Guardiola needed to see, if you want to call it that way. But it's, it's been something that has been cooking from the last weeks. Um, I'd say since Cancelo came back from the World Cup, where he didn't have like a, a starting position on the lineup for Portugal on the most crucial games. Sources from inside the dressing room told us that he didn't come back in the best form or in the best attitude, however you want to put it. And he struggled to make the team basically since that point. Uh, the games that uh, he was on the starting 11, he didn't deliver probably the performance that Pep was expecting. But the main reason was what happened behind the scenes on, on a daily basis, on the training ground. I think that Sam and me, we have been together here speaking about Hull and how City provides Pep with all the pieces that he needs. But again, if Pep is happy at City and feels back at City, I guess, or my my intuition is for decisions, so just Joao Cancelo here. Just take me back to you said about uh, Cheeky got to work once it once it was decided. Got to work with only uh, clubs that are abroad, or only or only with one particular club in Bayern. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good question. The thing here which played like a really big role is that Bayern were like long-term admirers. So Bayern didn't hesitate and were like really quick to close that deal because Julian Nagelsmann wanted a fullback as Joe Cancelo. Bayern has been struggling with fullbacks over the last windows. Um, and I think it was probably, if he had to leave, it was probably the best solution for all the bars because he's not joining a rival on the Premier League. Um, he's going to a big club, he's going to play the Champions League, um, and I guess that all the parts are, are going to be kind of satisfied with with how all was supposed to end. I, I, and the reason I ask that, Sam, is I wonder whether the success of Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus at Arsenal, and what that has done for Arsenal, has maybe changed City's view of when they where they offload players to them. Because I, I would, in the past, it strikes me they've always been incredibly grown up about it. And I'm not saying they're not being grown up now, but I wonder whether there's an element of going, whoa, hang on a minute. We've strengthened Arsenal. Let's just take a step back. Uh, I don't know. Because if you think about those Arsenal moves, and not just Arsenal, but Raheem Sterling to Chelsea, yeah. but no, nobody's talking about that now because it hasn't worked out. So... There's a, there's a huge amount of hindsight with these things. Well, there is, but that's why but, I say they've always had a very... They've always been incredibly... I've grown up, I could say, relaxed, I suppose, yeah. about where they move their players on to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all part of... Look, if a player wants to go there... Like if, if, if Kevin De Bruyne had said, suddenly, I want to go, 
You go, okay, we'll bring an offer. And they go, oh, yeah, by the way, we have got an offer. They'll be like, well, all right, okay. I'm sure they'd have a chat and say, well, can we convince you? And if he says, no, I want to go to Real Madrid now and they're going to offer this, they'd go, right, okay, if you don't want to be here, then you can go. And that's whether it's Kevin De Bruyne in a great attitude or, you know, Jesus and Zinchenko who, you know, weren't kicking out, weren't desperate. You know, well, Jesus certainly wanted to go to Arsenal. That was the first choice. But it wouldn't have been a major, major problem had they stayed. Yeah. Because they're kind of good guys and good guys in the dressing room and those guys didn't play a lot, but they always had a good attitude. Whenever they came back in the side, they gave 100%. And that's basically what Pep wants. If you think about the Cancelo one, when it's got to a situation where he obviously wants to go, but City are kind of like, ultimately City thought they were better for the second half of the season, not having João Cancelo, not having such a top player, than keeping him. So in that sense, they were kind of looking that there was a club there to take him with an option to buy, which is fairly large, and I'm sure Bayern will try and negotiate it down, but it's a, it's a good option included. But I think if Bayern weren't there, and let's say let's say Chelsea is an easy example. I'm surprised Chelsea weren't sniffing around. <laughs> yes, but let's say yes. but let's say but let's say Chelsea were. I think given the situation City were in, I think they'd let them go, like especially to an English club almost because they want to get rid of them. They were they were lucky that Bayern Munich were there. And um, just as a separate point, it's quite funny because. With all this Jesus and Zinchenko chat, a lot of City fans have said, "Oh, you know, it's a domestic rival. Couldn't they have sold them abroad?" Well, I mean, there's no, there's no money abroad, really. There was no interest yeah. from abroad, and I've seen quite a bit yesterday saying, "Oh, we've sold Cancelo to a, a Champions League rival." So where are you expecting these guys to go? <laughs> they got to go somewhere, um, and yeah, it is it is a rival for the Champions League. But look, City are always kind of comfortable with what's best. For, for their own environment because they can control that ultimately. That's probably the way, best way to put it. If they go elsewhere and they thrive, fair enough. But what they got to do is control what's going on in their own dressing room. And if that's good for them, then they can move on and, you know, best foot forward kind of stuff. So have you, have you been able to gauge the City fan reaction? Cantel is one of the players that frustrates City fans more than most, I would say. So the fact that he's gone... Is not like, you know, if Bernardo Silva, everybody knows he, he could go at any moment. But if it had gone yesterday, I think everybody would have been devastated. With Cancelo, less so. But the overall reaction is, well, who's, what's the, where's the replacement then? Or even, you've got people who are saying, oh, yeah, I understand it, and, but we need to sign a replacement, or we should have kept him. It's like, well, you don't understand it. If, you think, if you're saying you understand it, but you should have kept him regardless, you don't understand it, because they yeah. wanted him to go for the good of the whole dressing room. Um, but yeah, the, the main reaction is... Obviously shock, but then the second one is we need a replacement. Um, and then it, I suppose you go back to letting Zinchenko go in the summer as well. And they've not just got... Well, they're always short of fullbacks anyway. And now they've got rid of arguably the best one. Well, we'll come on to that in just uh, a moment. Um, let's just get a buying perspective here. Because as, as Sam said, there are some City fans now going, well, hang on a minute, we've just sold to a... To a Champions League rival, here are the thoughts of our German football correspondent, Rafa Honigstein. Bayern have been looking for a right back ever since Philipp Lahm retired. And that's a long time ago. It's been a problem position for them. Benjamin Pavard has done a decent job there, but he is more of a centre-back. Doesn't really enjoy playing there and is also out of form. Nusa Mazrai has come in, has done okay, but is out uh, with a heart condition following uh, COVID infection um, back in March at the earliest. So there was a need. And in Cancelo, they found a player who they've admired for a long time. He probably was out of their reach for most of that time. But now that the ability, the availability arose for 
mostly non-footballing reasons, I guess it's fair to say, they were very quick to pounce, albeit with a loan and an option, which perhaps reflects one or two concerns over his temperament. Uh, it's not the first time that he's had a bit of a confrontational uh, situation with a manager of his. So I think Bayern will want to see how him and Nagelsmann get along and whether he can recover this fantastic form that he's shown over the last uh, two seasons, excluding this one. And then uh, perhaps try to re- renegotiate and get a better deal. But that's in the future. In the meantime, he can really help this team uh, find a bit more momentum and a bit more imagination uh, on that right-hand side because it's been a problem for Bayern. Uh, not this season, but also in the past. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Would you like to reach hundreds of thousands of athletic subscribers? Who wouldn't? Our lot are great. They're intelligent. They have demonstrably long attention spans for all of those long reads. And that means they're almost certainly the ABC ones you're looking for. Imagine your brand front and centre on the Totally Football Show. Or Talk of the Devils. Or Football Clichés. You can advertise with us now. Our highly skilled and effortlessly charming commercial team are waiting to hear from you, whether you want a single ad on View from the Lane or full title sponsorship on our Women's World Cup show. We've got something for everyone. Contact partnerships at theathletic.com. That's partnerships at theathletic.com. Cancelo has been a very popular FPL asset over the last few seasons. Back in 1920, when he joined the Premier League, he was 5.5 million. He played 1,200 minutes, but he didn't get any goals or assists in his first campaign. 2021-22 was his big season. Priced at 6 million at the start. Lots more minutes, 3,200 approximately. One goal, 11 assists, 19 clean sheets and 27 bonus points and he finished the season on 201 and at 7.2 million. 
This season has been a roller coaster, 7 million to begin with, just 2 goals and 2 assists, 3.5 million picked him in game week 1. His best performance of the season came in the 4 0 win over Southampton back in game week 10 when he bagged a goal and assist in all three bonus points for a monster 18 point haul. His ownership skyrocketed after that. By game week 15, 6.2 million managers owned him when he got a minus two with the red card against Fulham, and it's been downhill since then in FPL terms, with roughly 2.5 million managers selling him since then. This week alone, over 500,000 managers have shipped him out ahead of game week 22. Rico Lewis could now be a steal in FPL at just 3.9 million. Around 150,000 FPL managers have already taken their lead from Pep Guardiola in placing their faith in his 18-year-old replacement. So the last voice you heard there was Mark McGettigan, uh, also known as the Fantasy Football General, um, host of the Athletic FPL podcast. Have you, have you thought about having a, a moniker, Sam? Do you, want to, do, you want, do you want me to call you the Manchester City general? I don't um, have no idea. That's, I think, unfortunately, Nicholas Otamendi's beaten me to that one, and now he's <laughs> and now he's won the World Cup. Nobody's taken it off him. Um, I'll, I'll I'll try and have a think when Paul's talking, and I'll come back to you. <laughs> well, look, uh, a fancy Premier League is a, is a game, Paul, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it just, and it obviously it it it's literally about stats, goals, assists, minutes, etc. But but there is a point there, obviously, in that. Even the fancy stats tell you that he struggled this season. And and right near the top of the podcast, you also mentioned his struggles at the World Cup. I mean, this is not this is not a player in form for the last three months. Exactly. And probably that's that's been the whole point with Cancelo. I mean, if you have to understand which is his situation and how he is as a character, I think that you can read that on the article that Sam and myself have put together. Um, Cancelo, when he arrived at City, he wasn't like a guaranteed uh, a starter, and he didn't deal with it in the best way possible. He is not happy when he's not playing. He just suffers. He thinks that he can play. He has the talent to play. And when he's not in the right state of mind, um, his best talent doesn't flourish, basically. And I guess that the fact of not having... Um, the continuity that he's had in past seasons uh, has influenced uh, this 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 year, um, and it's something that, of course, played a part in Pep taking like this final the the decision of just letting him go because you don't want a player who is difficult to manage in that regard. In that regard, that if he doesn't play, he is not happy. And you have Nathan Ake, who probably he's had plenty of reasons to be unhappy in the last two or three seasons because he hasn't been like a regular at Man City, but now he's probably at his best level at the club and there are not many reasons just to take him out. So um, there's no easy solution here. Um, and yeah, that's that's where it all ended up, basically. I mean, actually, Sam, even, even when he signed, you saw a, a sort of inevitability about how it would end. Yeah, well, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say inevitable um, to be fair at the time I was quite surprised by the headline obviously I'd written however many words it was quite a lot back in those days um, I, when I read it again yesterday I thought oh this is going on a bit um, but I also <laughs> thought but I also thought this is spookily accurate and look I, I, as much as I would urge people to go and read the article we've done today I, I would even more so possibly urge the article I wrote in, in 2019 when I spoke to coaches who had worked with him because it is spooky the kind of things they were saying and about how it might pan out. And in terms of that headline, I remember thinking, 
saying, is it a marriage made in heaven or headed for inevitable divorce? I was like, oof, that's going to ruffle a few feathers. But it was absolutely on the money. And I remember going back to it almost within a year because he wanted to go after a few months at City because he couldn't get in the team. Um, so yeah, I, I really would urge people to go and see that one because it, it's his former coaches and you know people who have seen him play at Juventus um, previously just talking about the, the kind of problems he's had and his kind of reactions to things when they don't go his way. And look, the, the, the crux of all this, as Paul said a second ago, is the fact that he's just not happy when he's not playing matches. But obviously we've spoken to a lot of sources for this article in particular. Um, and even one who's very close to him and was basically putting up a very strong case for him and a strong defence of him, even they were saying, Zhao's the type of guy who if there's 46 games in the season and he only plays 45, he will be unhappy. So that is the kind of main thing to understand here. And like Paul says, coming back from the World Cup when he didn't play as much with Portugal, it's all just unravelled over that. And the initial reaction when you see this news, you think there must have been a massive row, there must have been this, that, or the other. It's just snowballed, really, because he's not happy when he's not playing. And the, the, the unhappier he was, the less, the less likely he was to play. And then the more unhappy he got until it got to this Arsenal game at the weekend. And everyone just went, right, this is enough. You, you've got to go. And obviously he said, this is enough. I want to go. Which in the in the main makes him a an outlier in that City squad because the majority of them, at least for a few seasons, seem happy, don't they, Sam? To accept the, well, publicly, anyhow. You know that 20, they're in for 20 games and then they disappear for 15 games and then they're back for 10 games. In the main, they all accept that, at least for a period of time. It's really interesting, this. And my kind of, my view on how this all works was kind of flipped on its head about 18 months ago. And I think, you know, obviously for people who don't follow City inside out, they, I mean, if they've not heard this kind of example elsewhere, then this one might be useful because it was, it was just at the end of the pandemic season. So they just, you know, they'd won, they were about to win the league. It was before the Everton game and before the Champions League final. They'd won 24 games in a row. They'd roared back to after Liverpool winning the league and they'd won it back. They were about to play in the Champions League final. And I sat down with some friends, people who are agents, people who know the players, and they're like, oh yeah, loads of players dislike Pep and want to leave. So like, what? I couldn't believe it. And, and other people at the at the table were kind of the same as me. Like, how can this be the case? Like, and also, why why would you want to leave? You hear you've got the guarantee of winning trophies. They're in the Champions League final. You know, they 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 could easily be in it again, again and again and again. Why would you want to leave? And it kind of turned my view of how a dressing room works upside down because you always think if there's an unhappy dressing room. It's normally that Jose Mourinho third season thing. The dressing room's yeah. unhappy. The manager's got to go. The results are poor. You can tell the players' body language on the pitch. It's not working. The manager's got to go. And then suddenly things get better. That's what an unhappy dressing room looks like to me. All of a sudden, we had an unhappy dressing room that was winning everything. And I thought, how could this possibly work? And again, at the end of that season, uh, at the end of that summer, sorry, Guardiola said, Bernardo's not the only one. There's four or five players who want to go. And in the end, none of them went. And you think, this is going to be a disaster. And then they won the title again. It's mainly the same squad that they've got now. Um, obviously, there's been a few more tweaks. And you'd have to say, Fernandinho, who was great for the dressing room. Zinchenko, who didn't play a lot, but always had a, a smiley face. Gabriel Jesus as well. Those three, they've all gone. So you, you do lose that element slightly in the group of, if you've got three guys there who aren't playing, but they're better at it, it helps regulate the mood a bit more. But then if you've got more people who aren't happy you know, the the dynamic can go the other way. And obviously City are only five points back in the title race. They're still in the Champions League. They're still in the FA Cup. 
it's not terrible. But this is why Guardiola tried to salvage the situation the other week. Because there are obviously an element in the dressing room who aren't happy when they're not playing so much. Cancelo was one. I think Carl Walker's very similar at the moment. I think Laporte's similar at the moment. I don't know about Foden. Foden has been injured recently, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, who else in the past? Bernardo Silva, kind of. But obviously, Bernardo's just a general who wants to go and, and play and, and live in Spain. But he kind of just gets on with the job and, and plays through it and yeah. you never know. Um, Mares in the past? Mares in the past. Been... Guardiola was very interested in Mares the other week. Um, I think Guardiola, before he decided to call out everybody, he was kind of doing it to, to individuals. And obviously, Phillips was first with the overweight stuff. And then he was saying about Mares. He was like, Mares is great now, but if he was sitting next to me now, I'd say, were you training and playing like this earlier in the season? even in Abu Dhabi, which was in December. And he said, absolutely not. And he was like, I want the Mares who starts on, he's named on the bench, but when he comes on, he makes a good impression, which he did at Stamford Bridge a few weeks ago. But he said, earlier in the season, he came on against Villa, having not started. And then he said, and we dropped, as in the team dropped. He didn't, he didn't directly draw that link, but it was, Mares came on, he wasn't in a good attitude, wasn't in a good mood, and he didn't do it. So this is the whole thing of regulating this dressing room environment. And I think you'd be amazed really about how many players can be unhappy um, and, it, and it still work. And then I suppose it just goes to show as well how unhappy Cancelo must have been. It's, it's just like a matter of personalities. I think that if we, if we want to compare Mares now that we're mentioning Mares to some other player, I'd say that he's quite similar to Joe Cancelo because of what Sam was saying, but he's that kind of guy too, that if he doesn't play, he doesn't feel as motivated. As They're good mates as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it goes back to those classic words from Pep saying that managing a dressing room is like you have like 23 players but just 11 play uh, most of them are top talents in in the whole world um, so how do you manage that because they feel that they can play just in any team in the world but more than half of them are not going to play so that's the big deal of being a manager um, and that's what City basically are facing and I think that City are trying to protect themselves with that with this kind of narrative of okay you're not happy here bring us an offer uh, and and we're gonna let you go what does history tell us about about Guardiola and and these situations I mean did did you see similar at, at Barcelona Paul both within squad management and if if players eventually got to the stage of, of going look I'm just not happy here. I need to go and play football then they'd move them on yeah yeah that was in practical terms, like the main reason why he left Barcelona. He has like this famous quote, I don't know how I'm going to translate this into English, but um, he said that <laughs> that like the seatbelt from the car was like too tight. It was too tight for him and that he need to just unlock it, just to let ourselves go because it's going to be healthier for me and for the club. So that's what happened basically. Uh, Gerard Piquet, like in recent interviews over the last year, he, he has confessed that his relationship with Pep Guardiola in the last season was not good. Uh, and there were like multiple play players in that situation. But at, at that point, um, and with the support that he had from the board, that wasn't the amount of support that he has now, Pep just decided to leave because he thought that it was the best way, like the most healthy decision to take from his side. Um, now at City... He has the back of everyone in the board. They are like a, like a unit in there. Um, and Pep basically just extended the contract for two more years. So the board said, okay, if we want to keep Pep here for two and a half more years, we have to provide him with a healthy dressing room because it's what makes him feel motivated and with the desire to, to keep going. Because 
if Pep loses that, then there's a risk to lose him. Is this just as well in the in the main? If you flip it to positive, Sam. I mean, Guardiola told Rio Ferdinand in the intro that we played about there's a there's a need to keep refreshing a squad in order to stay competitive, and and most successful managers have always managed uh, to do that. So this is just part of that process, isn't it? Particularly when actually they're in a they're in a serious title race here. Yeah, well, funnily enough, do you know when he do you know when he gave that interview? It was probably. It, would, it wouldn't surprise me if it was the exact day that I sat around that table and was told about all the City players who were unhappy. So he, he knew yeah. the situation. He knew the situation. And they did want to do that big refresh that summer. You say, like, looking at this positively, I, mean, I, I, I don't think I've... I'm not saying you're suggesting I am, but I don't think I've been looking at this negatively. It's just a kind of... No, no. It's just no. an organic situation that's happened. And look, if they don't win the title at the end of the season or they don't win the Champions League at the end of the season because they end up with... Oh, I don't even. I don't even know. I mean, let's just say they have to play Sergio Gomez at left back, who is a left back. But I've kind of not mentioned him in articles about this because it's just needs so many words to explain. Sergio Gomez was brought in last summer. Not, well, I don't think anybody at City really expected him to have a big role to play. And then they didn't get Kukurea. And then they decided there was nobody else on the market they could get. And then this guy, who they know isn't quite at the level, which is fine because he's what twenty-one years old. He's only been playing as a left back for one season under Vincent Company and elect. Before that, he still plays on the right wing for Spain's under-21s. So fine, but he's just not ready to contribute at that high level yet. But let's say at the end of the season, he's thrown in and he makes an obvious mistake. You just have to hold your hands up and say that's absolutely the yeah. way it is. Maybe the Zinchenko thing was a bit of a mistake in the summer uh, in the way that they let him go before getting a replacement. It's difficult because even if the Kukurea situation was clearly that he wasn't going to come... I don't think you could keep Sinchenko anyway, but whatever. But then you, you've highlighted, you've highlighted a, a point that we could debate for ages, which is with Cancelo going, you could say they've got uh, Rico Lewis, Carl Walker, uh, Sergio Gomez, who, who you've mentioned, and Nathan Ake, who's been playing left back. All, all of them full-backs. But the, the whole point, one of the points of, the, of this debate is because you said it was Sergio Gomez well he's a left back but then the whole point half the time of City is that their full backs aren't, aren't full backs so your guess we're all guessing who, who might play at full back for City depending on what Guardiola requires from that position in a certain game I mean God knows we might end up seeing Calvin Phillips at full back who knows well that, that was it that's what I was thinking of some crazy example to get to the end of the season I was going to say you know Calvin Phillips or whoever ends up playing at left back but also the names that came that came into my head didn't seem that unusual but then I actually settled on Gomez because he is a left back but he is unlikely to start in these games because they just know he's not quite at that level um, so yeah exactly um, those four you mentioned there I, I put it in the article you know City are kind of content that they've got enough cover. I don't think City are pretending that it's an ideal situation. You know, fans aren't going to read it and go, oh yeah, that's fine. We've got Carl Walker, Rico Lewis, Nathan Ake and Sergio Gomez. Nobody at City thinks this is perfect, but it's a situation they're in. You know, they had they decided they had to get rid of Cancelo. Cancelo wanted to go. It is what it is. There's no time to sort out a replacement at the risk of making ourselves look stupid. That They didn't even think they could find anybody in the summer. Finding it in one or two days now is very difficult but there are those options they're going to have to hope that they don't need cover at centre back because now John Stones is injured fortunately they got Akanji which is a whole other story and then you got Carl Walker but Carl Walker I mean he features in this Cancelo story 
in terms of he's in the same kind of situation in terms of playing, taken out, playing, taken out. Like I said earlier on, he's not happy. So hopefully they can recover him and that's a better situation because they're going to need him 100%. Enrico Lewis has been a revelation. But what I would say is in the last two games, he's looked 18. And Guardiola trusts him. I said when he when he started the game away at Leeds just after Christmas, I was like, if you trust him to play at Leeds, he'll trust him to play anywhere. And that is the case. But like I say, he has looked his age recently and that will be a concern as well. So, well, they've basically got no wiggle room whatsoever. Paul, they were, I mean, they will definitely, knowing how their recruitment works, they will definitely have a list of players they would want to target. Well, they, they would want to target for every single position. That's how their recruitment works and there's forward planning there. But even if they did have a left back at, you know, an actual left back at the top of a list somewhere, they ain't going to be able to get that done in 12 hours or whatever it may be. No, I think it's very unlikely. I know that Asians have been, have been like um, calling at City in in recent hours trying to know the situation, but City is not a big fan of panic buys. Um, I think that just after the Cancelo deal was done, um, club like confirmed that they weren't like that much interested on Pedro Porro, which could have been like a good solution because it was an easy buyback for the club. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that if you ask me about the short term, I don't see City signing any player, um, although they will be kind of working and listening what's happening today. But uh, for the next, of course, for the next summer, um, Chiki from now on is going to uh, start working like on searching for left backs, who apparently seems to be like a, um, like a price jewel in the market because City has struggled to find like a proper uh, left back since since Pep is here. There's no way he comes back in the summer, is there? Uh, I don't see him playing like, playing for City again. In which case, I mean, <laughs> the the sheer numbers, they've done a great deal, City, haven't they? I mean, I know they're losing a great player, but the, the amount of money they're getting, which could be, what, around 70 million? Paul, I mean, that's a hell of a deal. Uh, I don't think Bayern uh, just... Just as Sam was saying, I don't think Bayern is going to be willing to pay that kind of money, but um, just the most likely option is going to be um, to negotiate like lower fee, basically because clubs will know that, that City will be open to selling and yeah. will be looking for a sale. Um, and that's, that's like a good starting point from any other team that wants to sign jo- Joao Cancelo. So let's see how it goes. But, but yeah, um, all I can picture is... A situation with City trying to sell Cancelo next summer. Let's see what happens, though. City might be in. City might be in luck there because I think Barcelona maybe if they can free up enough money, they they could make. Um, you, the look on your face suggests not, but you know Barcelona <laughs> have been a, a fan of his in the past, and as as long, if City can if City can get a few clubs who want him, then at least City have got some leverage. But like you say, everybody knows City are going to want to get rid of him. They're going to need another lever, aren't they, Barcelona? Well, the thing is that they can't do it now because because La, La Liga has set a limit on the impact that 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 levers have from now on. So, like levers from from next summer are, are not going to have like the same impact that they had last last summer. Just just the money that that you get from a regular lever cannot be spent on signings or on giving like more salaries. Wow. It's crazy what's going on over there. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, that's a, that's another podcast that's another on the podcast, way. Yeah, uh, d- again, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, just a final one. Uh, people who listen regularly to this podcast know that I, I'm a, a geek when it comes to squad numbers. So, Sam, should we have seen should we have seen the warning signs when he when Cancelo took the number seven shirt? I mean, fullbacks don't wear seven. Come on. 
He's not a fullback, though, is he? We've not even talked about how remarkable a footballer he is. Like, he is well, he's an yeah, incredible yes, blend. Of, <laughs> we've talked about his complex personality, and that's in the article as well. But what a, what a player. Like, he seems... And talk about players who can switch off on the pitch. You'd say sometimes he's one of them defensively. But he knows... He knows which way the ball's rolling. He knows which way the player's going to go. He just knows how to just drop a little shoulder and he beats the man without even touching the ball. He's so intelligent on the pitch. The things he can create, absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, it's all kind of underpinned by this stuff. The way he hits the ball with the outside of his boot as well. I mean, uh, there aren't many who hit a better ball with the outside of their boot. Well, no, the the funny thing was he never never liked playing left back in Italy and now he's probably a better left back than he is on the right. He never, I mean, he, ne- he never uses his left foot, but he's probably better with the outside of his right foot than he is with his left. Just a, just a remarkable player in, in every sense, really. But um, yeah, if any fullback can get away with wearing number seven, I'd say it was him. There's, there's a nice quote. I can remember when, when Sam and myself did that, did that Juan Malillo's quotes during the World Cup, that just speaking with Juan Malillo after a, an interview, he mentioned Joao jo Cancelo. Um, and he said that in Joao Cancelo, he saw a player that inside the opposition box, he was able to take better decisions than any of the strikers that, or that most of the strikers that he had seen in his life. So that sums it up a little bit. He he was a bit of a fullback, but I mean he was entitled to wear the number seven if 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 you are able to take those kind of decisions on the opposition box, right? All right, I'll let you both have that then. As a, a as throwaway a- comment, it just led to another five minutes of analysis. Sorry. <laughs> <I> know- <laughs> Uh, right, uh, Sam, Paul, thank you uh, very much. Their article uh, on how quickly things unravel for Cancelo and City is up on the site right now. If you subscribe today, you'll get uh, the subscription for £1.90 month for a year at theathletic.com slash football pod. And of course, The Athletic is the way to keep up with everything as we approach uh, the deadline. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. The Athletic. 's you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with BetMGM this season we'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a $1500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM here's how it works download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code the athletic make your first deposit of at least ten dollars Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.